So, last week, uh, for those people keeping track of the timeline of our <laughs> podcast, was your wedding. It was my wedding. How yeah. was it? Well, it got rained out, so it was monsoon bloody wedding, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you lived, we lived the... Uh, so, I was there as well. Yeah. So, I don't, have to, I don't have to like talk about it from... You can describe still. I yeah. was also there. You were there. So we've like we've mentioned over and over again. We had weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of like tropical, Scalding hot, like, hot weather, like, like heat wave stuff. Absolutely. And the weekend of my wedding, it was thunderstorms, <laughs> lightning. We got rain. But it was out. it was like it didn't matter. It didn't no. matter at all. Did you have like, a nice time? I had a great time. I, apparently, word on the street was you did everything by yourself single-handedly. Word on the street. Well, I kind of did. Yeah. So I was so. He didn't. For those people that don't know, I'm six foot four. Mm-hmm. I'm five um, foot one. Shanae's five. Are you actually five foot one? Five That's foot tiny. One. Yeah, but I'm taller than Kylie and Danny Minogue. Really? Yeah, they're like four ten and four eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. That. That's funny. Um, so Shanae was like, "Yes, of course you come to the wedding. Could you come up the day before and help out with some stuff?" And I was like, "It's to put high stuff up, isn't it?" She's like, "Yes." So I got there, mm-hmm. and you and your friends had strung up like fake vines mm. between the like is, is it a big marquee thing and you just trying these fake vines mm. between the things and you're like can you push them up as high as you can yeah that was that's all you did yes and then you yes. apparently did everything but anyway go on but go on, go on, go on. it wasn't just like standing there putting it up you had a stool and you're like no 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 higher higher so i had to put a step ladder on top of a rickety table on top of the uneven ground <laughs> and then i had to stand on the highest rung i could have died for but your you wedding didn't because no, but it was I could fun. have. Yeah, but you didn't. And I wouldn't have been in a dangerous situation. It wasn't that dangerous. But if those vines weren't where they are... Oh, my God. Go and if I hadn't done that, they mm. wouldn't have been where they were. No. And so if they weren't where they were, the mm. ambiance right. of those mm-hmm. marquees would have been worse it's than true. it was. So without Cameron putting up the vines, nothing else would have looked right. None of the flowers. And the wouldn't candles. have felt right. Would have felt, yeah. Nobody would have Absolutely, had any fun. Yeah. The thing was, when you went around telling everyone you did everything <laughs> single-handedly, they literally <laughs> thought everything. So I'm talking about the vases, the <laughs> tape, everything. So my friends were like... I didn't just go around like, like announcing. I was like, I did that. I did this. I did that. Well, my friends were saying, oh, so um, Cameron like really helped out. I was like, yeah, yeah. he like put things up for me. And they're like, no, Apparently he like did everything. It's like he built the tent. He stitched everything. together the canvas. So obviously I'm easily to wind up. So <laughs> everyone's winding me up. So I was just walking around even more pissed off than usual. Like, oh, <laughs> can everyone just leave me alone? But no, it was so much fun. All right, we're good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hi guys, I'm Cameron and I'm Shanara and welcome back to the homework club. This week we're doing something a little bit different. We've got a special assessment task as our homework. And the reason this sort of came about is we were discussing issues going on and things that our kids have brought up at school. Yes. And one of the things that came up in my class was, well, we were the whole school was doing um, International Women's Day or it was uh, International Girls' Day. Yeah, International Day of the Girl. International Day of the Girl, sorry. My class were really quite switched on and they were really like... We shouldn't have to have this. There mm-hmm. shouldn't have in to be... In 2018. In 2018, there shouldn't need to be a day recognizing that there's bad stuff going on to girls around the world because it shouldn't be happening, basically. Yes. And one of the things, one of the warm-up activities we did was I put on the board, name me a footballer, name me a famous painter, and name me a famous scientist. Mm-hmm. And they did it really. They were Ronaldo, Picasso, and mm-hmm. um, Einstein. I was like, yep, no worries. I said, now do it again. Name me a famous female footballer. Name me a famous female 
artist and name me a famous female scientist. Nothing. They couldn't. Mm. They couldn't do one. And then I was like, well, I don't know any famous footballers either. I don't do football or watch football. Do you so. know any famous painters? Um, Tracy Emin. She's an artist for... Um, I knew that one too. For scientists, Marie Curie. Marie Curie was. Yeah. And that's the only one I could think of. There's, there is others. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of them right now. No. Because I've put myself on the spot. Yeah. But... We're going to edit this out, don't worry. We're but then, obviously, it. like, because we're doing a homework po- uh, mm-hmm. uh, movie podcast, we thought, well, we should do one discussing female directors, mm-hmm. women in film. It's like a big issue at the moment, the gender mm-hmm. pay gaps and, like, you know, the Me Too and the Time's Up campaigns and things. I think it's a really good poignant thing to discuss right now it is absolutely and like we've already said in 2018 we shouldn't be having this discussion but the fact that we're still having this debate shows that this issue is still relevant yeah definitely and we and we originally were going to just pick movies Mm -hmm. done by female directors and then we started looking at the list and we were kind of surprised by the ones we saw but also like well there's so many good movies and the fact that they're directed by women doesn't really make a difference. And so we said, well, let's have a look at all of them and see if we can decide whether it does make a difference. Mm-hmm. What's it like? What's it? So, so we picked four categories to discuss again, yeah. as usual. So the first category that we picked on was, was it surprising that a female directed this particular film? The second part was whether or not it made a difference if a film uh, was directed by a female director. Um, the third one was the changing attitudes towards female directors. And the fourth category was probably a little bit more general. It was just about the women's role in the movie industry, the pay gap issues, and this ongoing debate that we're having right now. Yeah, brilliant. So should we jump straight into yeah. it now? So we both like like brought up this list of the top you know, few hundred movies directed mm-hmm. by women. And there was something there that I was genuinely surprised at that and it made me realize that i don't always pay that much attention to who directs a movie like i I guess it doesn't really come up that much unless it's someone like scorsese or spielberg who Mm. mega bucks like but also and also like Mm. if you know that scorsese's directed a movie it's probably going to be pretty good Mm -hmm. like you know and i i really like tarantino's movies Mm -hmm. and so i'll look for movies that he's directed yeah like everyday movies that i watch i wouldn't necessarily know who directed it or go to find out who directed mm. it. I don't really care. Unless it's like Taika Waititi. Or yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Someone who's Stylistic, really put a stamp yeah. on their things. Yeah. Um, so a few of the ones on the list I found mm-hmm. really surprising. I've, I've like, You know, there's tons of these movies on this. Actually, I was surprised there was more than I thought. Yes. I have to say. Like, I think it's it's become a discussion point lately, but I was actually surprised how many movies were directed, and, and quite prominent movies were directed by females. A few that I picked out, Wayne's World. Yes. The Mike Myers mm-hmm. comedy. Big with mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. And you hadn't heard of that one, had you? No. With him being a little kid and he becomes an adult. Good movie. <laughs> Shrek, Deep Impact, Brothers, American Psycho, which we've talked about before. Yes. Point Break, Billy Madison and Joe Dirt. Have you heard of that no. one? No. <laughs> Do you know, you know David Spade? No. He is one of um, Adam Sandler's good friends. Right, okay. And he was in Just Shoot Me, that that sitcom about them working at the magazine. Nope. He, he's awful. He's so bad. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a pretty terrible actor. And this movie is awful, <laughs> but I love it. I love, I would have, I genuinely think I've watched it like 10 times. Really? Because it's so bad. It's so good. funny. 
but like I was shocked that these movies are directed by women. Why were you shocked? They are boy movies. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's seen Wayne's World mm. or um, Wayne's World, Wayne's World, oh. Party Time, excellent. I used to have that on VHS, but like a really crappy version on VHS. It is just constant. It's like about video games yeah. and these guys just making like sex jokes and fart jokes. You know, like it's just it is so. Uh, like you know, I know this isn't isn't a good term anyway, but it's such a boy movie. Mm-hmm. The humor in it is like boy movie. Billy Madison, have you seen that? No. Uh, Adam Sandler. I think we have to do an Adam Sandler oh, episode because he is like he it. is a genius. Mm. It's about him who he's going to inherit his dad's hotel chain. Right. But his dad his dad makes him go back and repeat every grade of school, and if he can get through every grade of school in two weeks he gets every, every grade for two weeks if he can get through he can get the hotel chain so he has to go back to like kindergarten but why does his dad make him do that because <laughs> it's a ridiculous movie it's funny it's so funny but what's the point um i don't know it's a massive <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but sorry sounds terrible some like there's some de- anyways again it is just dick jokes mm. and fart jokes and like him just being this like drunken idiot the whole time. It is the dumbest movie ever. Mm. There's like I'm not surprised you haven't seen it. <laughs> but it was directed by a woman as well. Mm. And, like and like Joe Dirt, Billy Madison, Wayne's World are these super silly, super dumb boy movies. Mm. And I was just like, oh, like it, it's not a bad thing that they're directed by a woman, but I was surprised because mm. they don't seem they just don't seem like that kind of. I think your humor. surprise is genuine though and i think it is a reflection of this ingrained attitude that we have towards women where if something is made by a woman we expect it to be beautiful and gentle and about i don't know femininity or family or emotions and when it is something really stupid and silly like wayne's world is it's great fun you, you are surprised because you know and if you think about the comedy world you know female comedians get like a really bad rap yeah, because you know obviously yeah. they're women they're just going to talk about periods and having babies and yeah exactly whereas if a man makes those kind of jokes it's acceptable yeah it's yeah part of his yeah repertoire. definitely it's it's a sexist um attitude and, and it's and you're right it's like ingrained mm. like it's bad that i'm surprised mm. i shouldn't be surprised because you're exactly yeah. right. it shouldn't matter who made these movies because mm. everyone could make dumb stupid movies yeah. but yeah like the fact that i was surprised mm. is a, is a worry of probably me and society mm. like you know what i mean i think it's not so much as a worry it's just a reflection of what's actually going on yeah and i think if we're aware of it that's when we can actually do something about it as opposed to just going oh okay and then moving on another one um was brothers have you seen that yes about toby Maguire and jake gyllenhaal yes yeah i that- can't remember it though so toby Maguire is in the army yes and he his family think he's killed in a yeah. helicopter crash and Jake Gyllenhaal comes and looks after the, mm. takes care of the wife and the kids and stuff. And Tobey Maguire's like held in a, like a terrorist, not the terror, but like Al Qaeda mm. sort of camp thing. And he ends up having to kill a fellow soldier, ends up getting rescued, comes back. And then he's like gone a bit nuts because he's like, my brother's taken my family away. Um, and he, the big point is like, he's like, you know what I did to get back to you? And he like goes nuts and smashed up the house and stuff. But that one I was surprised with for a different reason. It's not a silly movie. Like, it's mm. really serious. But it sort of really explore, explores, like, the bond between the brothers. It explores 
this sort of deadbeat brother who's come to look after the family mm. and his journey. And it also explores the soldier and how he reacts with the other soldiers and when he's in captivity mm. and how he's, what he's trying to do to stay alive, the things he's doing for his family. I guess it really focused on like the the sort of male emotion emotional journey mm. and like as i was thinking oh that's interesting that, that was directed by a woman i'm like well there's been countless movies about females emotional journeys mm-hmm. directed by men yes so like you know it doesn't matter no but i guess it's it's less common that it's happened this way mm. and that's why it's sort of stood out to and me. i think that's the problem isn't it it is less common and we have to question then why is it less common and we'll talk about that in a bit obviously because it's all to do with access now one of the directors that i know you got on your list is Catherine bigelow yeah she came up over and over and over yeah and she was she's probably the only female director in hollywood that entered the action genre and stayed in the action yeah. genre um have you seen so well so um so she got point break Mm -hmm. which i haven't seen but i know about no i've seen that good i didn't really like it um but like but but you're not a big like is it because of the genre itself no it's just the story and it's actually received a lot of mixed reviews so it's about as a canaries plays this undercover cop kind of thing and they're after like this surfing gang it's patrick swayze as well and he's like the main (laughs) villain that film was her most commercially successful film but regarded as one of her worst films is that still her most yes wow still so it made the most amount of money for the studios etc but was it because it was just two big names yeah it doing just something wasn't, fun it wasn't stylistic and, yeah. so she developed a really interesting approach to filmmaking and it just wasn't that and i think that's what people really missed mm. um in point break which was it's just a standard yeah. industry genre conforming film and she said in many of her interviews, she likes to subvert genre conventions, which a good director should do. Yeah, make so, their own style. Yeah. Like. So she's got she's graduated in fine arts and her master's was in film. And it was when and she studied under Edward Said. I don't know if you know of him. No. So he's an academic that I was obsessed with when I was studying film and yeah. I was so shocked. I was like, Oh my god, she actually studied under <laughs> him. Like, you know, that's incredible. And anyone that knows Edward Said's like academic work would know he's such an incredible film critic and this absolute visionary when it comes to understanding and analyzing films and she actually said it under him and because she said it under these influential people she said when she creates something she's going to actually create she's not going to copy yeah. anything so when it come, came to films like the hurt locker she developed a way of using cameras on the body using iphones and yeah. things like that and was that before the gopro yeah era or it was were they like so GoPros, i mean she was using cameras so she made like made to measure kind of camera kits yeah, for wow. people and she was the one that kind of came up with that and developed it. And she had this like really forward way of thinking. With a GoPro, I mean, it's going to be a curved image. You're never really going to get a yeah. good image. It's good for documentaries and like nature stuff, but not really for films. Yeah. Because then she, so she did the Hurt Locker. Mm. She did K9, the Widowmaker, before mm. Hurt Locker, wasn't yes. it? And that was the submarine one. Yeah. That didn't um, do well. That didn't do as well. No. But I'd heard of it. That was one that I it like, was. It was a commercial flop, that film. Yeah. It just. Because it, it had just uh, Harrison sit. Ford. Yeah. But like she got, like she was working with some big mm. names. Yeah. Quite early on. William Defoe's first starring role was Willem. with her. Willem. Willem <laughs> Defoe. <laughs> that was in um, How Mate Mother. Willem Defoe. Yeah. Willem Defoe. A frog and a bird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Yay. you got it back in. I got it back in. Yeah, I did it. That was quite early on as well, actually. Um, so his first starring role was with her. His first mm-hmm. role was with her. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. 
that's pretty incredible. I can't actually remember the name of the film now. I can literally... You have a look. Because um, she did... So she did Point... Like, the, the big ones that stood out for me were Point Break, mm-hmm. K-19, The Widowmaker, The Hurt Locker, which we're going to talk about a lot because it was so successful, and then Zero Dark Thirty, yeah. which was also a successful one. Um, but they had some mixed rev- like opinions about her the sort of style, didn't they? Yeah, it did. I'm just going to go back quickly. So the William Dafoe film is The Loveless in 1981. It's a biker film. So she went straight to directing. She didn't do any like she wasn't an actor or anything. No, she she, she directed um, her first. Oh, film she did a, a short, short movie. Film. Yeah, yeah set up. So that was a 20 minute film, and it was about violence, and it was like one of those academic films, like obviously a typical student film yeah. kind of stuff. So she actually asked the actors, it was all night shoot, just to beat each other up. Oh, jeez. And then she had professors, like academic professors, like analyzing and deconstructing the violence. That's so, the like, so deep, man. That's so, yeah, it's so, like, I'm going to make this really deep, like, yeah. art piece. It's yeah, like exactly. a real, like, yeah. you know, installation art piece <laughs> Absolutely thing. Absolutely, it was. And then she went on to do um, The Loveless, which was her first full-length feature. Did it do well? It did okay. Um, Good enough, I guess. Yeah, and then then she directed Near Dark, which was um, the vampire film in 1987. Then she moved on to her action films, so Blue Steel, Point Break, and then Strange Days. And that's when mm. she just stayed in the action genre because she was really good at the action yeah. genre. The first two, she was just like, I think she was just trying to find her feet in that sense. Yeah, yeah. And just doing probably mm. whatever came up as any you know, industry people are just going to do whatever, yeah. whatever's available to them. Cool. Um, so you did mention The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. Now, these two films um, were... Well, Hurt Locker was critically acclaimed like all over the world. Zero Dark Thirty, very mixed reviews. Mm. Have you seen both of these films? I haven't seen either of them. Have you not? <laughs> no. Okay. I've so heard great. I've heard awesome things, especially would, The Hurt Locker. So I, The Hurt Locker, I watched it in the cinema and I was shocked that it was directed by a woman when I yeah. first saw it. I was like, Why? are you joking? Because it's about the army and yeah. it's about, it was so violent and straight away I just assumed, well, she's got an army background then. Right, she must have an army yeah. background, and Jeremy Renner's character as well. You know, he, he was so intense, and I'd just never seen anything like that before, really, especially with the camera work. Yeah, and that's when she made the made-to-measure camera equipment and the framings and everything for them. Um, Zero Dark Thirty, you have the f- um, lead um, protagonist is a f- woman. The reason that got mixed reviews was because a lot of people criticised it for being pro-torture. Uh, okay, mm. so it wasn't it wasn't the necessarily like the the actual movie no, itself no. it was just like a, a part of it yeah sort of so it's a character arc so this the character in it she starts off and she's like against torture that's about osama bin laden yeah like finding him isn't it yeah absolutely and she's against torture and stuff and then her character arc changes and she's pro-torture and that's the where the criticisms come from but she also mm, she was okay. criticized quite heavily um for uh near dark so marcia colburn from the chicago tribune wrote about Catherine Bigelow. Uh, what's a nice woman like Bigelow uh, making erotic vampire movies? It's like... Uh, it's uh, like... Uh, come on. You know, uh, who's criticising mm. the men for making yeah. erotic vampire movies? Like, you know... Well, Twilight sucked, but... Oh, God, I hate those films. And it was written by a woman. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's well, the thing. What's, what's her name again? The author's name? Stephanie Myers. That's it. But she should be criticised for being a bad author. Yeah. Not for her choice Have of subject. Have you ever read the Twilight books? I tried. Honest. I really I did really try. I really tried as well. Because one of my friends at uni, she was obsessed. Like, you have to read them. And I was like, oh. It's like, uh, like obviously they're, they're aimed at like sort of young teenagers. No one's that stupid. Though. But like, but so are like the Harry Potter books. Mm. But that's and they're they're just children they're, books. But they're well written. Mm. They were well written, at least. And, like, yeah. yes, it's a kid's story, but they are well written. So I, I smashed through those. Yeah. 
but then I try, I try, twi- I tried with Twilight. Mm, I couldn't do good. it. But it, it was the Philip Pullman badly. books. Philip Pullman, yeah, you know, well, you don't, don't you dare. I Be tried. very, very careful about what you're saying. You know what? Just don't say anything. Just don't say it. Just don't say it. Okay. I don't care. Okay. My favorite author of all time. <laughs> my favorite trilogy. <laughs> I don't want to know. I won't say anything. I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm getting really emotional. I, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> you can see your face. Um, I didn't think it was badly written. What? The Golden Circle. The Golden The Golden Compass. The Golden Compass. <laughs> it wasn't badly written. It was well written. Was it just a bit too deep for your pea-sized brain? Probably. Probably, yes. That must must have been it. There was big words. Yeah, all those big words. I had to to underline them. The Twilight um, books and uh, films, actually, we can talk about this quite briefly. A lot of the criticism about them was it perpetrates um, the weak female because she's constantly... 100% does. Yeah, because she's constantly relying on these two guys. On the werewolf and the vampire to save her from everything. Constantly. It's terrible. The vampire in the book that I read... Um, the first one. I don't care. I can't, I'm not going to like bother to even like look at the name of it. He's like constantly telling her what to eat. Yeah. He's like, oh Bella, that's her name. Oh yeah, Bella, make sure you eat. Bella, do this. Bella, do that. It's like you know what the mate? vampire is. Yeah. Isn't that because he's trying to like? But she's a, she's you know she's a human being. She's yeah. eaten her entire life. She knows how. Yeah, to Yeah, but she is you know like I mean? pathetic she's in pathetic. these movies. Anyway, that's a bad. That's a that's you know that's that's an example of how mm. and that's but again that's written by a woman mm. who's made this main character like super pathetic well she that was a reaction to the harry potter books wasn't it? fan fiction that's how it was developed yeah and she wanted to have like these kind of teenage characters that were just a little bit more sexualized and that's how and, it came out and did you know that 50 shades of gray started mm. off as twilight fan yes fiction? i know that's, that's weird <laughs> i don't know how which are also happened. really badly written yeah very badly written a very bad female character as well yeah yeah, yeah. again just like all the characters are horrible yeah I've never read it. But then you get you get other movies. I've heard like, someone reading it. You get some, you get a book like uh, The Hunger Games, mm. which I thought probably not is not as good as like Harry Potter, but much better than Twilight and yeah. You've got strong and, female and you have a strong like mm. the, the main character is this woman how, who just takes control of everything. Yeah. She's just like the boss of the whole thing. Do you know how that book was developed? No. So she was flicking through the TV, and she went from um, it was like some like games like athletic games. Warzone, athletic games, Warzone, athletic and games. She like, and she was like, "Ooh!" But yeah. didn't she get criticised because it's like just like that? Um, is it the Japanese or Korean film Battle Royale? It's, where it's like the exact like same Battle story, Royale. but it's like the exact same idea where they just like have all these people and they're like the last one to survive wins, like normal people. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Anyways, have you seen Battle Royale? No. So I don't think it's the same at all. That's why. Yeah. Anyways, anyway. okay. Um, we digress. Yes, yeah. but it's all it's all like yeah. on the point. Um, so the next sort of main focus we had was: mm-hmm. does it make a difference? I don't think it does. I don't think it does either. No, I so, think it's it's expected to make a difference. Yeah, and it's actually really funny because when I was doing all this research, I obviously looked into the biggest film industry in the world, Bollywood, and in Bollywood there is only one female um, gaffer, and yeah. a gaffer is someone who's head of all lighting inside and uh, interior and exterior right, uh, lighting. Her name's Hatil Deda. I think that's how you pronounce her surname. Sorry if I'm wrong. And she makes a really funny comment. She goes, women should be doing this job because we're better at making things look yeah. like nicer. <laughs> we have a better vision. And she was saying, I don't think people could light a set the way I've taught myself to light a set, but that's because I'm a woman. But she's got this like funny attitude like, towards counter-argument it. counter-argument towards the yeah. whole thing. But she's saying it 
obviously taking the mic yeah, because yeah. she's the only woman on set. But that's that's the thing, like, you know, like, obviously the industry has sort of, you know, ha- has this male leaning and mm. things like directors and stuff. It's it's all very male focused. Even actors, like, mm. you know, the lead act, like there's a lot more movies with a, a strong male lead than a strong female lead. But things like the lighting mm. where your gender literally Does doesn't matter. matter. Like, yeah. you know, we can say that if you and I both tried to direct a movie, mm-hmm. we'd have different inputs and probably mm-hmm. because I'm a male and you're mm-hmm. a female, we've had different life experiences, mm-hmm. so our input would be different. But if you said someone said to light this room, I know it's not gonna. They're like, oh, you can tell the way this one's lit because she's a woman. I know, but she was saying that ten years ago when she was on set, she would walk around. She would literally be the only woman on set, be from the stylists to the hairdressers to the makeup artists. They were all men. Yeah, which. These are industries that you think are female dominated. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to the film industry, even those industries are often female. Do- yeah, they're played. They're dominated by men because they have a much easier access into that industry. Yeah. And we'll talk about that later as well. But I just thought it was mind-boggling. They actually, that. there were some stats. I don't have the specific ones, mm. but they said if a movie has a female director, mm. the number of other women working on the film mm. goes up by like twenty percent or yeah. something because they're just they're just more open to mm-hmm. hiring. Absolutely. And it's not about directors hiring. A lot of female directors have said they actually aren't in charge of casting. Yeah. That's the casting director who belongs to the studio if it's a studio film. And that's where the problem lies. Like you are these execs and But then but then like it also comes back to like the myth or the worry Mm. that people think you're not gonna make as much like, you know, the studios are making these choices. And so if they don't want strong female lead mm. or if they don't want a certain actor because she's a strong female character that you know all this stuff just comes back to money it and does so they're, 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 like they're basing it on their their profit how much profit are we going to make from this movie well if we have this female director we're not going to make as much profit or if we're going to have this character or this character there's um what you've just said there so this is um research um, conducted by Dr. Stacey Smith she's a professor at um, South Carolina University in the communications and journalism department and she's the woman that's behind the inclusion rider thing that we're going to talk about later. Um, and she said in her research, so four out of the seven, so 21st Century Fox, Sony, Comcast and Lionsgate only had one female on their board of directors. So these are the people that yeah. make the actual <laughs> yeah, decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put a bunch right? of guys in a room and say, what kind of movie should exactly. we make? Exactly. So um, Dr. Stacey Smith literally dedicated entire life into researching, you know, what affects films. Yeah. And there's a common misconception that females can't open a film. So they can't direct it yeah. and they can't star in it because it will affect the viewing. This is a myth. And she said it's one of the most costliest myths simply because it's not true. Yeah, wow. And it does not affect viewings. People are going to watch a film because they want to watch it. If you have a woman as a central lead or a film and director, nobody cares. However, distributors and studios and marketers, they're the ones that believe in this myth and so they distribute it differently. They target it at women's only areas and blah, blah, which means it doesn't actually get the exposure that it deserves and that's why it suffers, not because because it's it's a female lead. Looking at those movies, those specifically those ones I picked out, whether you, like like I said, I didn't know they were directed Mm. by women. So I don't think it makes a difference. Like whatever you're trying to portray... You can, like, a man can do it, a woman mm. can do it. It doesn't matter. Like, there's plenty of women that have made these movies that are really male focused. Mm. There's also plenty of movies directed by men that mm-hmm. are very female focused. I don't think it matters. Um, like, poor figs from Bridesmaids. Yeah. 
It's all like, female it's and directed a whole by female cast. And it's hilarious. And it's so funny. Mm. And 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 that's what I was going to say. Like there was a they did an all female Ghostbusters, mm. and it was like panned. Mm. And people were like, and I think people were like, well, it's because they tried to do an all female version. Mm. No, they just made a bad movie. Mm. It sucks because they made an all-female lead, but they put an all-female lead in a shitty script, and yep. shitty like a bad movie. It's gonna be bad if you yep. put if you replaced every one of those women with a man. Mm. It still would have flopped because yep. it was a bad. It was a badly I written movie. Hundred percent agree with you because you've got excellent films like Spy, which has a yeah. strong female lead. You've got Miss McCarthy, my favorite actress of all time, and she's awesome. And then you've got um, the director, um, the. CIA director, I always forget her name, she's in Juno as well. Yeah. She's awesome. And then you've got Rose, Bur- uh, Rose Byrne. I can't. She, she's the one from, yeah. Yeah, I always forget how to pronounce her last name. Byrne. And again, she's wicked yeah. and she's brilliant and she plays such an excellent villain. So you've got all these like amazing women. You've got Miranda as well. And that film is excellent because it's got a solid script. Yeah, it's and got that's it. improv going on. It's got all of this stuff going on. I think, and it works. I think these movies get scrutinized more because. Mm. They almost get marketed as like, okay, they're going to do an all-female version mm. of this. No, it's just another version of this. Like, you know, don't... But that's a problem. Like, and that's what Dr. Smith talks about. It's the marketing yeah. that affects it. Yeah, so when yeah you trying start, to push yeah, it being exactly. this female version of something Absolutely. else. We don't need, and I'm a woman, and I know most women say, Are we you? don't need... Yeah. Uh, did you not know? This is the first I'm hearing my, about this. This is my moustache <laughs> and my eyebrows. Um... Sorry, I didn't do my threading today. That's why. <laughs> Sticking out. <laughs> no, because we don't need female empowerment. That is... I hate that kind of terminology because when you suggest female empowerment, you're suggesting we're not empowered already. Yeah. And by saying, oh, it's an all-female cast and oh, yeah, girl power, it's like, well, it's a bad script. Yeah. You know, don't put yeah, women yeah, yeah. in it, you know? Don't put these amazing actors and in like, it. And if it's a really bad script, mm. don't put men in it either. Don't no. make it. Just don't make, make these it. crappy movies. I know. You don't need to remake everything. No. However, we know that the script was bad yeah. in um, the 2016 Ghostbusters. Some of the reviews, though, focused on the women in it. So one of the comments, and this is from IMDb. I'm not going to say the author's name. You know who you are, you twat. Um <laughs> She said about Melissa McCarthy, like I said, the second highest paying actress in Hollywood. She said she has no beauty or talent. Are you joking? Like, that's ridiculous. What are you saying? Um, another writer, uh, reviewer wrote, these, uh, the women in this uh, film are severely unattractive. Severely unattractive. Like, what's that got to do with yeah, anything? Who cares? Yeah. I just think like that kind of attitude that you get about women having to look be beautiful in films it's 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 poisonous yeah and and that sort of brings me on to my next point like mm. this changing views of female directors mm-hmm. one of the biggest like it was a big blockbuster wonder woman mm. and it was it was so built up mm. because it was a female director and an all female cast not all female cast but you know what i mean mm. like really like massively female cast. Most of them were women. And it, it again, it was pumped as this like, you know, look at the women. They're doing mm. it. It's like these super strong women. They're all these warriors and stuff. And then it's the female director. Da, da. James Cameron came out. Mm. That's your name this, backwards. Well, my name's Cameron Beck. Yeah, but it's Cameron James Beck. Cameron James Beck. Yeah, yeah, it is. But he's na- his name's like Beck James Cameron. No, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know uh. what you mean. It is. It is. Uh, James Cameron came out. And made a comment about Wonder Woman, um, which was 
Whoops, I just, <laughs> dropped, I just dropped my sunglasses from the table, sorry. That's how sunny and hot it is here. He came out and made a comment about the movie that was like scrutinized and pant, mm. and he got a lot of trouble for it. But I, like, I don't know, like, I think it's up for debate. So he said, all of the self-congratulatory back-padding Hollywood's been doing over Wonder Woman has been so misguided. She's an objectified icon and it's just male Hollywood doing the same old thing. I'm not saying I did it at the movie, but to me, it's a step backwards. Mm. And that reaction from one of the, the big names in the industry, people were like, what are you doing? Like, you know, what are you doing? How is that helpful? But his, I, I kind of agree with his point. Like, I agree too. Gal Gadot mm. is stunning. Yeah. She is absolutely gorgeous. Yes, she was a very strong female lead, but she was also like a princess mm. of this tribe thing. Mm. Like she was like the best woman mm. in this group of women and she's like stunning and she's in this like relatively like skimpy costume. Mm. Oh, it's 100% skimpy. Come on. Her boobs are yeah. right there. And so it's like you can show a strong woman with and, mm. and like the, the like that was my sort of thing. It's like you can show a strong woman that doesn't have to be overly attractive and all that stuff. Mm. The argument was, well, it doesn't matter that she's attractive. She can still be strong as well. But he was saying that he did... So he did uh, Terminator 2 mm. and then the the like strong female lead in that is like this drug addict. She's in prison. Mm. She's like a terrible mother. She's like objectively, she's not very attractive, mm. but she's awesome. And like, every, like the, the whole audience loves her because she's super tough mm. and she's super strong. Um, Sigourney Weaver in Alien, mm. same thing. Like he did that as well mm. and showed this super tough, strong woman that didn't have to be sexual at all. Mm. Like it was, there was no sexuality about her at all. What do you think? Like, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think this argument with um, women being ugly or beautiful, it's, it's really relevant because women get heralded for playing ugly characters. Yeah. So Charlie's uh, Theron in Monster, and that is, I mean, she won an Oscar for that film. Yeah. It was the most heartbreakingly painful performance I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know how you reacted to that. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. You no. have to. I, I literally cried. Yeah. Because it's based on a true story and she's like this prostitute gets raped and then she just like switches and goes on a killing spree and yeah. she's a lesbian and she's a junkie and she looks minging and Charlize Theron is a stunning, gorgeous supermodel at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah. But she, instead of her performance, I mean, she, yeah, she won an Oscar for it. But people kept talking about how she played a really ugly woman really well. And it's like, well, that's like, makeup, it, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, that's got nothing to do with her. That's just makeup. And you know the yeah. actress um, and writer for My Big Fat Italian Wedding? She was told not to star in her own film. Big Fat Greek Wedding, wasn't it? Big Fat yeah. uh, Greek Wedding, sorry. Not to star in her own film because she didn't look Hollywood enough. And that's ridiculous. And it's like, okay, so what? Her, her facial structure's a little bit different. Yeah. She's not like this blonde bombshell, so she can't act in her own film. And that's like that's like Hollywood in general, yeah, like you know, absolutely. like and and that's that's like another comment mm. that this is Hollywood we talk about, like mm. like you know, the most that what we see are these big blockbusters mm. and the big movies that come out everywhere. When we talk about Hollywood, though, and and you know, you know, I've got a problem with defining cinema as Hollywood, but unfortunately, yeah. that's the language you use. But when I've done this research into like, you know, well cinema and stuff, this, I mean, this problem exists in most industries where you have to be beautiful. Yeah. And I think in Bollywood, for example, the idea of being fair skinned is worse because 
you're not just tall and beautiful and gorgeous and you all look like Miss Worlds or something like that. You also have to have fair skin. Fair skin. You're flipping South Asian, right? Like being fair skinned, yeah, back in the day, the connotations are you were rich, so you never went out in the sun. But it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, oh, you're ugly because, you know, you're brown. So you've got actresses like uh, Priyanka Chopra, who's now entered Hollywood. Um, did you know she's an up and coming actress? I was like, are you joking? Like, she's had an entire, like, 20-year career. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's not she's not up and coming. <laughs> like, she's up. She's, she's up and she's, she's come. She's, like, there. And she's described in Bollywood as dusky. It's like, or Asian. Yeah. Like, you know, what the hell is this dusky but business? That's, but that's, like, everywhere yeah. still. It's, it's like, crazy, isn't it? But, like... Again, you mm. said it's 2018, mm. and we're talking. Yes, we're talking about like uh, like specifically female issues, but like the race issue is still yeah. a problem as well. Like movies getting whitewashed mm. and stuff. That Gods of Egypt movie mm. had Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton yeah. in it, and I was like, what? Yeah. Like Ghost in the Shell, mm. super like one of the most famous animes. Yeah. And you pick Scarlett Johansson. Well, I spoke to Scott about this. Like, yeah, it's a Hollywood film. I was like, but. There are many, many, many East Asian actors yeah, out there yeah, that could play not, this role. Not like, like, you know, it's not like there's nobody there exactly. to do it. But even, like, I would argue that Samuel L. Jackson mm. is one of the, like, he's a top A-lister. He's, mm. like, one of the big dogs. He's so talented. He is it's so, so talented. Annoying. It's like Martin, um, no, Jamie Foxx. Name his last, so name the last movie he was, like, the star of. Pulp Fiction. He was one of. I'd say Bruce Willis is probably like the main lead in that. Mm. What was the last one that he was a lead of? Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. How long ago was that? Oh, I can't remember. And we've both just agreed that yeah. he's probably an A-lister. Yeah. So he's just doing um, to, uh, Terry Gilliam's Glass, mm. which is a sequel to Split and Unbreakable. Have you seen Split? No. Have you seen Unbreakable? No. Oh. I'm just trying to think. So That's Bruce Willis, isn't Bruce it? Willis, and he, can't he survives. Be he survives a, like a car crash, and and, and Samuel L. Jackson finds him and says, right. "I grew up, like I, I broke my butt, like I, I'd step out of bed and I'd break my leg or something." Like he was, yeah, he was super yes, weak. Yeah. So like, I knew there was a counterpoint to me, and right, it was Bruce yeah. Willis. And then uh, what's his name? The guy that's in ja- Split, James McAvoy. James McAvoy oh is like multiple personality, like weird. James McAvoy is listening. I love you. <laughs> you are amazing in the Last King of Scotland. I love you. I really like him too. He's that's awesome. Another, that's another story. Yeah. But when um, they announced that they were doing Glass, mm. the sequel to this, starring Samuel L. Jackson, mm. he tweeted and was like, "Finally, I get my like you know, I get to do a lead." Bloody hell! Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like think it, yeah. He's in lots of movies mm. as like a support, mm. but like. Snakes on the Plane was, what, 15 mm. years ago or something? I think, like, the race issue in itself, like, you know, what you've just said, I think it's a, obviously it's a vital and important issue. However, the gender issue, I think, is more important yeah. simply because, and this is what um, uh, Dr. Smith spoke about, women are grouped with minorities. Yeah. We are not <laughs> a minority. We are more than 50% of yeah. the world's population. We are not a flipping minority. But always, when it comes to diversity issues, it's always like ethnics, minorities, underrepresented. Oh, and women too. Yeah. And it's like, no, it needs to be separate. Because, yeah, we're talking about Samuel L. Jackson. You know, he hasn't had a main role. But like, when was the last time a black female did? Yeah. You know, so there's that as well. And so when was the last time a woman was able to star in a film and not be classed as, you know, a female lead? Yeah. Why not just a lead? When was, yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the big problem. That it, it keeps getting mentioned yeah. as 
a big a female big, director, yeah. a female lead. Mm. We shouldn't like like I said at the beginning. We shouldn't even be doing this no. episode. We shouldn't have to have a female director, female like women in film episode because it should be. It's 2018, yeah. But unfortunately, this is the way. So, um, Doctor Smith, and I keep going back to Doctor Smith. So I'm, can I talk to, talk about it a little bit? Of course. So. Like I said, she's a professor at the University of South Carolina and she's on a board um, Annenberg Inclusion Initiative. So alongside Dr. Smith, we had um, Fanshin Cox uh, Diogivani and Kalpana Kotagol. Um, Fanshin Diogivani is an, um, is an actress, she's an activist as well and right now she's on tour with a one-woman show called One Drop of Love. We've got Kalpana Kotagol, who's a civil rights attorney and all three of them together co-authored this um, thing called the Inclusion Rider which was popularized when um, Dr. Smith did her TED talk in 2016. And this is what Francis McDormand spoke about in her acceptance speech of the Oscars. And what it is, is the TED talk is all about the lack of um, women in films from like all angles. So she did this research in the top films of top 100 films in 2015 and she says this is not just a problem this is now an epidemic of invisibility mm. that's, that's, that's a good way to put it yeah exactly so out of this uh sorry out of uh, these 100 films um 48 films had no black people in it black women in it 70 films had no asian women in it now when we say asian we're very broad with this term i think we need to be more specific because having this monolithic term such as asian is not yeah. anything. It's the biggest continent in the world. Even a term like black, you know, are we talking about African-Americans? Are we talking about British black? Are we talking about Africans, Caribbeans? You know, let's be a little bit more specific. Anyway, 84 films had no women with disabilities and 93 films had no lesbian characters either. 32 films didn't have a female lead or even a co-lead. Most of the films, all the women in them were sexualized, they were partially clothed, and all of them were thin. Every single one. So, obviously, so in her TED talk, she says that, okay, so it's really easy, isn't it? So, we just, we have to go to the content creators and we say, um, we need more female directors, and that's it. Unfortunately, when, when she did her research, she said, when you say director, even in the minds of women, it's ingrained that it is male. Mm. And because it's ingrained, and because the studio executives aren't female, when they go to actually cast directors for a film, for a script, they always approach the men first. They don't want to approach women. 83.7% of female directors do not have second films. Jeez. Yeah, that's crazy. And in her research, uh, which was the Hollywood report that everyone like slammed straight away, out of 1,100 films in 11 years, only 4% were um, directed by women, which is... Lower than Bollywood, which is 20%. That's crazy. Which is mad. Yeah. Um, and that's where the inclusion rider comes in. So how do we make these changes? You know, so one of the first things she says is just add five. So in order to make the balance between men and women, and this is, we're not just talking about cast, we're talking about crew as well. If you just add five speaking roles for women in the films, it just literally balances out all the roles. You have the inclusion rider, which is a clause in the contract which demands that the cast and crew reflect the film more, um, just just reflect the film more accurately. And, you know, women and ethnics and minorities and all grouped together are included in that. Then you've got the Rooney rule. Do you know what the Rooney rule is? So NFL use this. So if they want to um, hire a coach that's outside of the board, they have to interview people that come from a minority background, Mm. but women are minorities. 
you know, so they're classed as minorities. So there's that as well. And the fourth um, solution that she offered was possibly the worst solution, which is we need to talk about this. We need to raise awareness. But we have been talking about it. We've been talking about it for like decades and decades and decades. Talking doesn't do anything. My attitude is businesses once upon a time in the UK, I don't know about Australia, didn't have the diversity. Now they have to employ people from diverse backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, and they have to prove that there there are women in top positions, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. It's mandatory now. I think it needs to become mandatory in everyone's contract that this inclusion rider is implemented. Yeah. Because why not? But like, you know... You talk in business and stuff. Mm. They, you still have archaic rules about yeah. women having to wear heels and stuff. Yes. So that was incredible, wasn't it? That happened two years ago yeah. in London. So a woman was told she had to wear a pair of heels in the city. Now, I used to work in the city. And I know how disgusting and sexist yeah. it is. And she was just a receptionist. And she said, well, why? And then she went on and did a massive campaign. That's now been overturned. And, and who was it? Was it Jennifer Lawrence or was it the one from... Was it Kristen Stewart? It might have been her. At like Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, she took her heels and off. And they said, you you can't, mm. you have to wear heels. And mm. so she said, no worries. So she rocked up in heels and took her, sho- took yeah. her shoes off and walked in barefoot. Yeah, She's it's, like, it's well. ridiculous. And it's like... It makes no there's sense. No, so, I think I've told you this story before, but I love this story. And this is a little bit off tangent, but it's the same thing. There was a breakfast radio show, a breakfast TV show mm. in Australia. And the may, there was a man and a woman anchor like, mm. of the thing. And... He, as like a little test, mm. without telling anybody, wore the same suit every day for a year. Mm. Literally the same suit. Same shirt, same tie, everything. How did he get cleaned? Well, like when I said the same suit, he might have had two of the exact same mm-hmm. one. But like, he, like, you know, he wore mm-hmm. a blue suit, blue tie, white shirt every day. Nobody said a word. Mm. After one year, he said, I have been wearing this suit every day for a year mm. and nobody said anything. But... I'm going through this like comments from the show and you have consistently commented and criticized my female co-host's clothes. That's amazing. Yeah. He's like, well, this is so ridiculous in an, in an industry where it doesn't matter. Does in the it radio, like, yeah. <laughs> well, this, no, this is the TV. Oh, TV, sorry. But mm-hmm. like, does it alter mm. your ability to deliver news? The kind of dress you're wearing? Mm. Like, that's insane. That is, that's actually mental. Um, with the inclusion rider as well though, just going back a little bit. So, when um, Frances McDormand said it, she literally ended her speech by saying, I'm just going to say two words, inclusion writer and look it up. And people did. It was yeah. one of the most searched things after. And I think that's really good because you've got uh, you've got like Hollywood and Bollywood actors are talking about, you know, Me Too and stuff like that. And in my opinion, it's not doing enough. If you make it so like, people Like actively- legally, like a law thing. No, I mean like what um, Frances McDormand did. She didn't explain it. She said, yeah. you look it up. And people did. And I think people have to give the responsibility to the audience yeah. to actually, you know, do their own thinking. And loads of people got on board. But it's actually embarrassing how many people publicly responded to the inclusion writer. So you've got Michael B. Jordan. You've got Dee Reese, Brie Larson, Paul Feig, um, Feig, Feig, can't pronounce it. You've got Ari Manuel, um, and he's um, the CEO of, of Endeavor. John Bayega, Chloe um, Serigny, all of them publicly said they're going to make sure all of their projects, because they're like, you know, yeah. we'll have the inclusion writer. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Because that's it. That's that's it. No one else it has. should have been everybody. Everyone should have been like, yeah, 100%. Because, because it's a gender issue, and this is why I say, I think it is more important than race issue. If we, instead of the inclusion writer, and we said, it is going to be absolutely mandatory that we treat people of all races nicely and equally everyone would have said yeah that's fine yeah. But when it comes to gender issues 
people are a little bit more hesitant to like, you know, agree with it yeah. in case they be defined as a feminist because that's a dirty word. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. It's still about equal rights. And then you've got um, Ava DuVernay. Um, she's the director of Selma. And she actually had something in her contract when she directed that film, which was there would be more women in, in cast, crew, yeah. and more ethnics and minorities in the, the crew whole, as well. Yeah. So a lot of people have actually already been doing it in the background. A lot of actors do it as well, but it's just never really been spoken about. So Francis McDormand gets all this like credit for like bringing this to everyone's attention, which is fine. But then that's it. Yeah. And you've got a few people that have said they're going to do it, but, like, but then but, that's it. Yeah, but like... It's better than not saying it. Yeah, no, you know ab- what I mean? no like, absolutely. Like, I, know, I understand what you're saying, that it's not doing enough, but it's doing something. Like, you it know, is. it's... I understand it's it's hard to praise them mm. if that's all that they're doing, but they're doing more than not No, that. absolutely. I just think that it needs to... Like, studios, like, you know, they need to move with the times and they need to make something like this actually mandatory instead yeah. of optional because when you give someone the option to do the right but thing, they probably the thing, won't. But it's money. They don't care. No. They don't yeah. care about like how it's making people feel or how it's portraying people. Mm. They care about their money. Mm. And at the moment, it's all broken and that they're, like, they think they're making more money from male directors mm. and from male leads and stuff. And so like they don't care. It sucks. Like It's horrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Um, it was interesting you said that, like, you know, the stats of certain, mm. you know, groups in the movies and stuff. It just reminded me, have you heard of the Bechdel test? No. It's either called the Bechdel test or the Bechdel-Wallace test sometimes. It is a test mm. for evaluating, a f- like, females' roles in a movie. Mm. And it said... Um, oh, I know what you're talking yeah, about because she actually so talks about that in her research, yeah. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man mm. in the thing. And you look at movies like Star Wars, which yeah. you don't think of as like an inherently... Like, you know, Princess Leia is quite a strong... You know, mm. she seems like this princess that needs rescuing. She turns out to be quite a strong female mm-hmm. character. But in the first one, she didn't talk to any other women. Mm. Like, she's just there talking to the guys. Mm. And you're like... Ah. Like, you know, you start to apply that little thing to lots of movies that you don't think... That you think of... As quite good, mm. and but they all they're like, oh, actually, all they talked about was the guys. Mm. So, yeah, you also get like, um, I think on that test, isn't it like how applicable is their role to the actual plotline? Yeah. So if you've seen that, you know, Planet of the Apes, the first one, his girlfriend. What was her point? <laughs> yeah. She had she. There was no point of her being there except for being a very beautiful woman. That was it. She didn't do anything for the plotline. She didn't move it. For yeah. she was just there. Have you read? And seen the life of Pi. Yes. And in the movie, mm. he talks about like the girl he left behind. Yeah, he does in the movie. He was. In the movie, he he mentions like this girl that he met like just before he they were moving place. That's not in the book, though, is it? It's not in the book. No. Because he was like, and nine. it never comes up again. Yeah. And I'm like, What's why that? would you add that in? He was a child when he left. In the movie, he's supposed to be like a teenager. But, okay. But like. Yeah, and he like sits there and he like ponders about the girl that he left and stuff, and it's like, what the hell? Why bother? No, and, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, if you have a story mm. that's about a solitary boy mm. on a boat, okay, 
it doesn't have you don't have to force you don't have to shoehorn mm. women in that's not what we're saying but if you're going to write a story about a, like if there's going to be stories about a sole male on a boat mm. why can't there be like you know I'm not saying a female version but there should be equally as many stories mm. as a woman surviving something you know like mm. you know it shouldn't you shouldn't have to force it in cuz that really felt like What's that well, we that? need to. It well, almost felt like we need to appeal to women, so let's put a little bit of a love interest in. Love interests are one of the most poisonous yeah. things in films and writing as well. So, have you ever watched Thirty Rock? No. And it's with um, Tina, to. it's it's really funny. It gets really crap, and they all know that it gets really crap, <laughs> like you know, as it goes on. So, you've got Tina Fey, and you've got Alec Baldwin, and people keep, you know, saying, you know, oh, are they going to get together? They're going to get together because it's a female lead and a male lead, and obviously the storyline is going to yeah. have a love relationship but they don't they never ever end up together that's because good. I like that's that. the point that's yeah, yeah. natural you know that's a normal relationship not everybody that works together gets yeah, together exactly. every single time like you can have a normal relationship um with the person of the opposite sex and what's with these like straight relationships as well i mean that's another debate that's a whole other that's, yeah. that's a whole other thing <laughs> um all right so let's just so we've already sort of started this part but just like talking genuinely a bit more about women in film i've just got a couple little sort of stories and facts and stuff mm. i just like in my looking it up the highest paid... Do you know who the highest paid actor was last year? Mm-mm. Mark Wahlberg. He made really? $52 million last Why? year. Oh, he's the man. He is the man. I do like him. Do you? Yeah. Have you, so, I didn't like him. I really didn't like him because I saw a movie called Max Payne Mm-mm. and he sucked in that. Yeah. And then I saw Shooter. Now, I didn't, like, I didn't really mean to see it because I, I got like, on the plane or something. And I was like, pretty good mm. and then he did the other guys oh God, and then he did that. ted yeah. and then he, he did a bunch of but he did a bunch of like the other guys is so funny it is one and of he the did um films. pain and gain and he did daddy's home and a bunch of like i love funnier the fact movies. that um oh, what's her name the his wife uh, will farrell's wife um what the actress she's yeah like ridiculous I can't remember her name, yeah. yeah yeah she's like she's super ryan hot. gosling's wife even mendez yes even yeah mendez. And like he's like, oh, she's just a big old broad. <laughs> what are you wearing? And Mark Wolf was like, have you seen your wife? Yeah. Like she's smoking hot. That's such a funny movie. Yeah. Um, Samuel Jackson was yeah. in that too. And when they jump off the ledge, like, yeah, we're gonna do it. Yeah. And then they just laugh. <laughs> and he and they missed the bush. And because he did Transformers, which made like a squillion dollars. Mm. So he was the highest paid actor last year. Mm. Do you know who the highest paid female actress Mm-mm. was or female actor? No. Emma Stone. Mm, I like she Emma made Stone. twenty million. Because that crap LALA land. <laughs> Less than half of the amount of money yeah. that he made. It's Isn't mad. that insane? Yeah. And so Mark Wahlberg actually comes up in my next little story. Mm. So um, there's a movie. I don't know if it's come out or if it's still coming out. I, it doesn't really appeal to me. But it's called All the Money in the World. Mm. I don't even know what it's about. But they had to do a bunch of reshoots because it had Kevin Spacey in it. Yes. And they oh, were no, like, yeah. let's get him out. So they so got Christopher about, Plummer it's, instead. It's, it's based on a true story and it's about this like rich guy's grandson gets kidnapped and he just refuses to pay the mm. ransom. That's it. That's cool. Um, so he was in it with mm. Michelle Williams and they had to do all these reshoots because they I kicked out Michelle Kevin Williams. Spacey. She's amazing. And for, it was like 10 days of reshoots mm. or something, she got paid $1,000, not per day, $1,000 total. He got paid 1.5 million. Mark Wahlberg Bloody did. Hell. And he and and the way that it was described was that he negotiated for that, and she just they said, "Oh, you, we're going to pay you a thousand dollars." She was like, "Okay." Mm. And this is like another issue that, mm. and they talk about that in the workplace. Mm. That yes, there is this this problem with women 
not being given these jobs mm. but also they the, don't negotiate they don't negotiate yep. they don't fight for these things it's true. as much when i we used to like you know uh, work in business and things i was always described as being really aggressive simply because i did most of the hiring and firing yeah and it's like okay why am i aggressive yeah. but if a man did it then that's, that's like their yeah. job yeah. and i would always negotiate however i was always offered a lower salary than a man that yeah. was literally less qualified than me so women are just expected to just to, accept yeah. the first offer, whereas men are expected to fight and negotiate a salary. And that's interesting because that was portrayed in Mad Men, the series, mm. where um, Joan, the like the office manager, mm. who was up until this point a super like the strongest female character, mm. she was like the one that got everything done, and she got married and she quit, mm. and then the marriage didn't work out, or she just missed work and went back to work anyway. But that was a really good series because it was set in like the 60s mm. when it was even more prominent. But they showed a super strong female character dealing with these problems. And I think they did that in a really good way. It wasn't just like the ditzy office lady. It was like this absolute boss of a woman. But she was like really sexy as well at the same she time, was, wasn't she? Yeah. She couldn't just be a normal woman. She had to be sexy and Yeah, but she can't, but that kind of like have you seen the series? I've seen bits of it, yeah. That kind of it kind of got boring after a while. Like she, no, I loved it. I loved really? every single episode. Mm. She kind of fought against that mm. though. And like at times used it and then sort of hated herself for mm. it and then like really towards the end just like hated anybody who sexualized her at all. And mm. it was really it was really good. She was a really good character. But sorry, the end of this Mark Wahlberg mm. Michelle Williams story is that he got paid one point five million, she got paid a thousand dollars. They found out mm. and they were like, what the hell? And so he donated all of it to the um Time's Up campaign. Mm. The whole thing. Uh in her name. Because okay. he didn't think it was fair at all. No, it's not fair no. at all. Which uh, of course it's not. And like and I don't, I don't think any of this was meant to paint him in a bad light. It's not his like no. if he, he if you go and ask, yeah, yeah and he goes and asks for some money and they say yeah we'll pay you that. That's not his fault. But I I don't think it's good that when he found out about that he was like well I'm not I don't like mm. that so I'm going to go and do that. Whether he was under pressure from like society. Well, it's quite similar in friends because um so Courtney Cox who played Monica she was play, paid much higher than the rest because she was already an established actress. Yeah. Um. And famously, I mean, I grew up knowing this fact, which was um, she got everyone's salary equalized, so everyone got paid the same because she they're all they're all really good friends. Yeah. Recently, you said they're all really good friends. Yeah. Like on that show, Friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, recently, bloody millennials ruining everything. <laughs> um, apparently, it was Ross Geller that got yeah, that done. You, yeah. yeah. And, I, and then he had to come out saying, "No, well, that wasn't me. <laughs> Monica got that done." Like you know, isn't that like, bizarre that that yeah. story changed? At a time when we feel like people are more like open like, yeah. and enlightened and stuff, like it was, it was ridiculous. Like no one knew who he was. Yeah. Everyone knew who she was because scary movie and all that stuff. And now she's like bombed and she's like terrible now. No, she does um the one that what is it Cougar Town or something that finished in two thousand fifteen. Really? Yeah, I thought that was still going to. Oh it's no, it's not. She's done nothing. She's okay. really like lost the plot. So it was um Matt LeBlanc. No, not Matt. He? Yeah, he was. That's Chandler. No. Oh, that's Matthew Joey. Perry. Matthew Perry is Back like... the drugs, isn't he? He's like full drug addict. Mm. Matt LeBlanc, you know, they brought him on UK Top Gear. Mm. Everyone was like, this is such a gimmick. He's going to be really bad. Yeah, he's really Everyone good. Everyone loved yeah. him. He's like super chill dude, like mm. really nice guy. He's um, he's doing really well. I thought that was quite random that they had him. I thought like, that was crazy. And an it's turned out yeah. that he's like, just like super chilled, loves cars, yeah. knows a lot about them. 
And he's also a comedy actor, so yeah. he can do it, yeah. yeah. Um, going back to some of your numbers, actually. So um, I had a lot of time yesterday. So I went through the top 250 films on IMDb, right? Yeah. Did you watch them all? I watched them all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't so believe you. I went through all of them. And this is not rated by viewers. This is rated by IMDb according to, I think, they, you need to have like 8.1 and higher or something like yeah. this. And then they put it around. People vote for it. Not a single female director. No, I the, was in like... In the whole 250. In the whole 250. Now, I was like, this can't be right. And so, like, Hurt Locker wasn't there. It wasn't, Zero no, Dark Thirty wasn't there. They weren't on the 250. Wow. And I was like, this can't be... It can't be right. Can't be right. Can't be right. Wayne's World? Nope. The average rating for Hurt Locker and Zero... I don't think... I think it's like they'd, eight. They'd still be like quite that. high. But It'd be like, high, but, but not like high, high enough. enough yeah. Yeah. The only um, film, so it was The Matrix. And that was obviously directed by... I can't pronounce it. The Waros- Wachowski. W- Wachowski brothers. Yeah. Um, who have now actually transitioned. So, But were brothers at the time. Were men yeah. at the time. Yeah. The so what are you saying? Men- I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, but they're transitioned now. So now I would class that as like, okay, so that's one film in 250 films. But that's, that's a, that is an interesting point that, yeah. like, like we said, it doesn't matter. But yeah, they were men when they directed it. Mm. So well, would they would would it count? Would Matrix be a movie directed by? Well, it is Cause now because they're, they're now female. Yeah, because they've directors. changed. Yeah, they changed all the details and everything, and I yeah. think that's absolutely fine. So, but <clears throat> does it retrospectively, like, has everything before they transition now be changed to be directed by? I don't like, know about that. I think it should. I think because obviously they transitioned because, yeah. you know, they had to. Yeah, yeah, so, but it, it's an interesting thing, like you know. Purely from like a record-keeping point of view, how it would, it would be recorded. Well, like when what, I've like, done the research onto it, like onto them and stuff, all the film's credits have been changed. Yeah, oh, cool. So That's it good. says two sisters. That's so, good. Because I didn't realise they were transgender. I knew that one had transitioned. Mm. And so for a long time, they were, instead of the Wachowski brothers, they were the Wachowski siblings. Because mm. it was... Cause, and I didn't realise that the other... So... They both transitioned, so I thought it was hilarious that two sisters were calling themselves the Wachowski Wachowski brothers. I I thought that was. It might be wrong. I don't know. I thought it was um, really, really funny. But at one point they were the Wachowskis, and that was it. And then they've just gone back to being called the brothers, which I think is hilarious. It's such a play on this like idea. You've got the Cohen brothers and stuff. So I thought it was really funny. And then I realised they actually transitioned, which and which is actually quite cool and interesting because you know you've got. Okay, there's no women there or anything, but you've actually got transgender people yeah, finally that are like you know, unfortunately, out there recording. unfortunately, nothing to do with their sexuality. No, but after the Matrix movies, they haven't really done that much. That was very good. No, so <laughs> but I don't think that's got nothing to do with their gender. No. I think they just uh, lost the grip of like good directing movies. You know, after the Matrix second one, they refused to do any in, um, interviews, um, press junkets, or anything at all why because they wanted so the movies uh, to speak for themselves like the trilogy but then people hated oh who three. cares he made like millions and millions and millions yeah do you know what I mean but they, they, but, they, but like, like does I've, it, heard, I've heard an interesting point that someone says that the first one mm. is now worse because the other two were so bad or, or, it, was, or it was like they thought number two would be better mm. if three wasn't as bad as it was mm. and that's what people have said about um, the upcoming no the upcoming Avengers movie oh, okay they said Infinity War was awesome. Yep. Oh, that was so good. Really, really good. Like, a ma- probably, one of my, probably my favorite yep. Marvel movie. But then someone said, but if the next one is really bad and it sort of ruins the, the story arc, mm. it will actually make Infinity War seem worse because it sort of leads into this worse movie. Yeah, no, I don't agree I don't with that. I think I can see it. 
<laughs> I can see it tainting it a little bit. Because mm. when you mention like the Matrix trilogy now, people are like, oh, those movies sucked. And they're like, oh, the first one was pretty good, but the other two sucked. You know what? You know when you were in school, did you um go around putting the Matrix um script like screensaver in all the school computers? Because <laughs> no, we used I wasn't to do that. that. Cool. <laughs> we used to do that, and our teacher, our IT teacher, used to hate it, right? And he like banned it, he, like blocked off that screensaver uh, and stuff. We kept downloading <laughs> it and like, doing it on all the computers, and I'm running away. Um, I've got one more. Just got one more little thing. Mm. This was actually um suggested to me by one of the listeners, Maya Grant, who's actually uh, an actor in mm-hmm. London. Um, and she's done. She's done. A, she's done a, f- a feature film with um, Jean Claude Van Damme. It was with Pierce Brosnan's son and stuff. So she was like fully into it. Um, follows the the movie industry and the TV industry quite closely. But huge show at the moment, The Crown. Mm. Um, a woman named Claire Foy plays the Queen, Mm-mm. and she was getting something like two hundred and fifty thousand pounds less than the like supporting actor matt smith and it's like this show is about her yeah like the whole thing mm. is about her and she's not getting the most money like i think I, I think it's ridiculous and i think once it becomes public knowledge i think it is a responsibility of the actor to say you know what no we need to equalize yeah. these salaries when an actor like kevin spacey on house of cards said well it's up to the studios you know what piss off yeah. seriously because Robin Wright is an amazing actor she is incredible they had the exact same amount of dialogue and she still isn't getting paid yeah. as much as he was and in everything that's come out now and he you know he was so respected and he's ruined everything by being an absolute tosser yeah. um, but for him to turn around to her and publicly to say well it's not up to me it's up to the it's not up to me it's up to the studio it's like yeah. Do something. You yeah, are yeah. in the position Make of power. Make a protest. Do yeah. something. Yeah. So you got people like Mark Wahlberg that are actually going out of the way to do something and, about it. And Mark now because Jordan. of and now because of her mm. because of that Mark Wahlberg thing, um, she's now doing a TV show with Sam Rockwell, mm. and she said, "Oh, I was really nervous because I, I really Who? want Michelle Michelle Williams. Williams she yeah. said I really wanted to take a stand and make sure I got the same amount as him." And her agent was like, no, they've sent through that they're already going to give you the same amount. Mm. And so, it's like, that's good that that's happened. But it, should, yeah, it shouldn't even have Well, in taken. Grey's Anatomy, Ellen Pompey, Grey's Anatomy, she's married to Grey. Yeah, yeah the main it's about actor, her. Yeah, it's about her. Was paid less than Patrick Dempsey. And, and, that's, and that's a good point. It's almost like, okay, fair enough if you pay people differently mm-hmm. for the things, but if you have a female lead, mm. pay her the most. Yeah. If you, have a, ma- okay, yeah. if you have a male lead, okay, pay him the most. Mm. Pay the lead actor or actress more, but then there should be equal amount of female leads and male leads. Yeah. But, but, then, but then I understand if you're in it every scene, mm. okay, you've probably had to work harder than someone who's a supporting actor. Mm. They shouldn't get as much money but it shouldn't have anything to do with your gender. No. If you literally break down like, you know, screen time or something mm-hmm. or hours on set, make it like any other job and hours you've worked. Yeah, exactly. If you've worked the same amount of hours, if you have a male and female lead, then they get paid the same. She is now the highest paid, uh, highest paid um, TV actress now. Who's that? Um, Ellen Pompey. Yeah. It's taken her now. Now, Grey's Anatomy has been going on 600 since like... 600 years. Uh, yeah, it's like in its like... 13 to 40 I've seen all of them by the way over and over again I hate this show with a passion I still watch it because I need to know what's happening how is it still going because shit's going down man are they going through the whole book (laughs) you know that was actually a comment from years ago when someone (laughs) said did you know this is based on a 
but no Grey's Anatomy is a medical journal yeah. it is not an actual flipping yeah, book but it, uh, like the fact it sounds like if they've gone no. 13 seasons of like 100 hour episodes well it was I think not, it was not, like not, not 100 six. hour episodes 100 hour episodes yeah <laughs> my friend Gambo and I so we used to work together when we was in Aberdeen, and he actually he's moved back to Nigeria he lives there and um, we used to all communicate about Grey's Anatomy because I think it was season six when we were like this is ridiculous and we'd email each other going oh this is so bullshit and stuff like that. So every now and again I'll email and say like are you still watching it isn't it ridiculous like yeah I'm still watching it this is like the worst show in the world but I have to watch it and then me and my friend Max and he lives in Hong Kong we still bitch oh, about man. it we still watch it it's ridiculous stop watching it then I can't I can't you can set yourself I can't, free I can't, I can't. I can't. So one of the things I wanted to just mention briefly before we call it a day, it was um, a BBC little documentary and they were focusing on Bollywood directors and that industry. And this is one of the more successful uh, female director, Gauri Shinde. And she was asked a question about feminism and she said, is one trying to be a feminist? Um, No, you just are. Which I thought was Mm. really nice. But she says... It's when there is something degrading to a woman's character. That's when I'll think about how not to do it. Yeah. And other actors have spoken out about it. And I think we've spoken about, like, why am I dressed in this way? You know, and why am I wearing this outfit? What's it got to do with the plot line? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why and do I have to be thin? What's it got to do with the plot? How is it driving it forward? Again, it's fine. Mm. It's fine if it has to do with the plot. Mm. It's also fine if you do the exact same thing to the men in the movie mm. as well. Like, you know, there's, uh, you know, the superhero movies are quite a good example where, yes, in Justice League, like, they show Wonder Woman, like, they, I think there's a shot on her bum and, like, one on her boobs and stuff. But then they have Jason Momoa with his top off for no reason. Mm. And you're like, yes, it's sexualizing, but it is sexualizing both of them. And it's like, okay, at least, at least it's equal. Mm. Like, you know, because they're objectifying, they're objectifying yeah, both the of them. Um, female gaze, yeah. yeah. But when it's, but when, yeah, exactly that. When there's a woman in a bikini for no reason. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Don't, just don't do it. I think if any of our listeners are interested in reading about male gaze, I would 100% recommend reading uh, Laura Mulvey. So I studied her quite extensively when I was at uni. It's all about male gaze and how these stereotypes are created. And Hitchcock uses this quite a lot in all mm. his film, you know, when he like, he's obsessed with the blonde, isn't he? He's like, he's like yeah. fetishizes her quite well. So, and you know what? It's a really easy read. It's not that academic. So geek out if you want to geek out. Do it. Yeah. Shall we? Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. This was a really sort of uh, topical, you know, mm-hmm. week that we talked about. Please give us your comments. Like, we'd love to hear if you've had any experiences or if there's anything, any movies you've seen that you really stand out for you that have been good or bad. Like, you know, is there anything you've read or heard about that is a, is a good part of this issue? That'd be great to hear from you. Absolutely. If you have any films as well, like Cam just said, films like rom-coms that you feel as well that perpetuate um female stereotypes or male stereotypes as well you know give us a shout let us know if we should watch it so we can do a review on that as well and following on from this we thought then keeping it quite topical still next week's homework will be about films with a female lead yeah and and yeah because we we saw that there are actually some really good ones Mm -hmm. so we figured let's pick our favorite ones from that um so this week so for Shannara, I've picked Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great example because Quentin Tarantino, who is not known for his like sensitivity to <laughs> gender or like you know race or anything, like he's been in trouble for the use of language and his portrayal of African Americans and all kinds of things. Um, but I've picked Kill Bill because 
it's not only a movie with a strong female lead, it's a super strong female cast. Yeah, like the whole cast is awesome. Um, so the four things I want you to focus on for Kill Bill are Uma Thurman's character. Um, yeah. Just how the, how women are portrayed in this movie mm-hmm. in general. Um and just in general about the movie, the violence mm-hmm. and the music. Okay. And for you, I've picked a 2000 film um, called Water. <laughs> a 2000 <laughs> film? Yeah. I'll start again. No, do keep okay, that in. No, keep that no, in. That's no, funny. No, no. Right. For you, I've picked the 2005 film directed by uh, Deepa Mehta called Water. This is an Indian-Canadian film uh, set in India. So I'd like you to focus on the representation or the portrayal of women in India. Mm-hmm. Um the portrayal of widows, the portrayal of male characters in the film, and why do you think this film is important to cool. watch? And the message of it, basically. So that's included in that. Sounds good. Cool. Brilliant. Um, as always, we really encourage you to watch these movies. Um, focus on what we're focusing on. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Is there anything else you would have rather focused on? Is there a different movie you would have picked with a strong female lead? We've mentioned a few today. Would you have picked those as your favorite ones? Make Friday nights your movie nights, guys. And Friday night's movie yeah, night. Yeah, Friday night movie night. And as always, if you have any comments or feedback, do email us on thehomeworkclubpod at gmail.com. You can also comment on our Instagram, which is a homeworkclubpod as well. You can comment on SoundCloud. You can comment on iTunes. You can't comment on Spotify, but that doesn't matter. You can comment on Facebook too, the Homework Club Pod. Yeah, definitely review us on iTunes because that's really good for us yeah. and it makes us more visible to other people who can enjoy our musings on film. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in our episode description, there'll be a link to our Amazon affiliate page. If you click on that link, it'll look like normal Amazon. But if you buy anything through that, we then get some money. It's like the magic of Jeff Bezos. So, <laughs> just let it happen. doesn't cost you any extra, but no. it's a little bit of support for us. Helps I bought, us. I bought the home security camera yesterday using the link. Really? Yeah. There you go. Excellent. Yeah. I think, I don't know how it works. Don't well, know. yours is okay because you're not on my account because mm. I linked it through my account. Right, okay. And so, I've been buying everything through mm. it, but I don't know if... It counts. Well, I think it counts, but like... It's going to be like, oh, all your advertising has been to yourself. <laughs> Great. Like, I think I think you might get more money if it's from somebody else. Right. Okay. We don't know how this works. No. It's like... Th- it's kind of like we're advertising for yeah. Amazon, which I guess we are. Yeah. Like, we definitely are. Amazon's so, technically, great. does that mean we can say we're sponsored by Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> we should contact sure. <laughs> the richest man in the world and ask him. Well, no, we don't have to because we're already sponsored by them. Oh, okay. We're already getting money from yeah. them as long as the listeners go and buy stuff okay. through them. That's fine. Right. Well, I think that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you too. See you later. Bye.